Hello, everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we are officially one month away from training camp. My friend, can you smell the freshly cut grass, the tightly tightly put on cleats, <laughs> the wrapped ankles, the, uh, well, um, the camaraderie that comes with training camp. Everybody staying in the same room and farting and using the <laughs> same bathrooms and eating in big cafeterias. Just like the good old days when they were all in college, oh, yeah. you know, training camp is really something special. Are you? Can you? Can you feel all that, Mister Krabs? Oh yeah, can you feel it. Ace bandages and burritos, baby. Yeah, man, that's what's up. That's that's the NFL lifestyle. Ever heard it? You know. Oh yeah. That's it. There's no no. Everybody thinks it's gold chains and Cadillacs and big houses and you know blunts and uh, a whole bunch of other things that just don't exist in the NFL. It's really just burritos, a bunch of dudes hanging out in a big place, and let's be honest, um, tape, lots of tape, and ace bandages. That's all there is in the NFL. You know, that's all there is. But, you know, Trevor, I thought about this before we got on air today. You know what the best part of the signaling of the new NFL season is? What's that? Well, man, it's about uh, thinking about how much money you could potentially win, right? Oh. And more importantly, and you know where I'm going with this, how much gravy, baby, <laughs> is on that oven? That's what I'm talking about. How much gravy you're going to whisk up this season, right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, right? You're going to let your boy cook on this podcast. you got to make sure you get some gravy and put it on the grits and the mashed potatoes and the turkey. And everything else you could possibly imagine that gravy could go on, including your own hands and potentially in your pocket. Have you ever put gravy in your pocket before? I, I don't think that I have, uh, but there's well, still man. time. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you're really missing out on uh, a very warm liquid experience and not the same warm liquid experience you would get after you eat a lot of Taco Bell on a Saturday night <laughs> or Sunday morning following a, uh, a many shots of Jello, if you know what I mean. So... Um, but I couldn't help but think, man, there's so much gravy out there. And why not bring it up the rear, or not even the rear, bring it up the front, if you will, right through your chakras, okay? Right through the navel and the belly and everything else and the, the, the groin into your third eye and start spreading that gravy right through your orifices of your face and into your, just those, those juicy neurological you know, pathways that make all those wonderful connections for you to make some great decisions this year, some very rational decisions because everybody's grounded when they play fantasy football. So without <laughs> further ado, and in case any of you are wondering, no, I am not on acid, but I'll tell you what I am on. I am on a very heavy dose of gravy, which can, uh, in some cases, alter your ability to really think about what you're saying most of the time. So... um Without further ado, Trevor, we're going to play a little game I like to call Buy Low, Sell High, right? Okay. And so this is more for Dynasty Fantasy Football, but I think this also goes across the board for Fantasy Football. So we're going to talk about some, well, positional players that I think have some real potential to have a really good season this year, either on a PPR level or just in general. And I'm going to ask Trevor to either buy low or sell high, meaning wait for them to drop in the draft. Take him early, have an eye on him, whatever advice he gives, because technically he's the former NFL player and I'm just the guy who talks <laughs> a lot. So anyway, um, Trevor, I'm going to start off close to home there, not Denver, Colorado, but Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we have, well, Sky Moore, right? Wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. And to set the stage, Juju Smith-Schuster is no longer on the team. Travis Kelsey's a year older. Uh, we like to think that Pat Mahomes has gotten more of a rapport with him. He caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. If if you were me and I was you and we were we were both were the same person in the same body, right? Would you either buy low or sell high on Sky Moore? Well, I mean, I I do think that it it depends. It, I think the trick when you're drafting uh, with your your league is you really have to get a sense of uh the league mentality what they're going to value um but all that aside 
I uh, I would definitely buy low here. You wait for him to drop. Yeah, I'd wait for him to drop, and uh, you know, uh, you don't always get the guy you're waiting to drop, but uh, but I think this is a guy who's going to be under a lot of people's radar going into the season, um, and you could you could get him you could get him low, yeah. Um, do you consider him like a pretty good PPR pickup? Considering so, this is a stat too. Forty eight percent of his snaps came in the slot last year, so. Um, you know, looking at Juju Smith-Schuster's stats, we played in the slot last year as well for the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to, I don't know if we can see how many targets. Okay, 78 catches, 101 targets, 933 yards, three touchdowns. So um, that, what do you think about that? Is there enough production to, to value, to worth taking Sky more considering, you know, three touchdowns, 71 catches well, for PPR? Well, and I, I think that... Uh... You know, that's that's why I'm wanting to buy low here is because you are you know, you if you get this guy you're <clears throat> you're basically got your fingers crossed that this is gonna be the year that he because you if you watched the Chiefs at the end of the season last season, you saw that the potential is there. And now you've already talked about how the stage is being set with Juju Smith Schuster not being there anymore. Um so you know, we, we can, it's, th- this is why we play the game, this fantasy game is because it is so unpredictable and it's fun to try and predict it. Um, it makes good sense that, that he could have a much bigger year on a really good team uh, than he did last year on a really good team. Uh, just, just the way things, you know, move in the NFL uh, season to season. So there's no guarantee, but the potential is undeniable. So yeah, I think uh, I think he's worth a spot. Um, yeah, I think so too. I just to give you a little bit of context to what you're saying, this is just a quote from Derek Brown, fantasypros.com. Uh, a few weeks ago, he did a little preview about Sky Moore in particular. Um, his his advice was to uh, take him late in drafts as a stash and hold him on your bench. If Moore hits this year, he could be one of the best values in fantasy. Absolutely, I, com- what do you think I about completely that? agree with that take. I think that's great. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I agree. Um, the only reason I brought him up because I thought, I think we both previewed him last year as having a real good chance to break through. Uh, 23 catches, 250 yards, no touchdowns. Um, however, like I said, caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen by accident unless you're David Tyree and you make a catch by accident on your helmet and completely ruin a perfect season, <laughs> which we will not talk about ever again. But, um, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> took me a second. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, I'm still processing that one 15 years later. But um, 16 years later, who's counting? But um, <laughs> it's, uh, I think he's worth a stash, man. I, I, I mean, I'm curious. I'm going to ask you, do you think there's any possibility, you know, given the Kansas City offense and their motions and space they create with Andy Reid, do you think he has an ability to maybe take some, um, I don't know, maybe some snaps at running back? You know, maybe some, maybe some uh, like jet sweeps. Do you think there's potential just outside the receiving position? I mean, I think the jet sweep wouldn't surprise me much at all. Um, the way, the, yeah. with the speed he's got and the misdirection that they're capable of, um, running back would be a little more surprising because I, I feel like they've kind of got their formula figured out, which is definitely, you know, one or two guys you've heard of and one or two guys that you haven't. Um, they really like to rotate, uh, every once in a while they'll feature a back for a game, but, uh, they kind of do remind me of that really good team from new England, the way they used to do things running back by committee. And you never Mm. know which one of their running backs was going to be a fantasy star or fantasy bust. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs running back is a lot bigger gamble in my opinion. Um, but uh, but it's 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 also for that reason you know it's possible that they could put him up uh, line him up at running back. Yeah, yeah. I'm just curious, um, you know how Andy Reid kind of likes to scheme a lot of this stuff. Um, probably the best schemer in the NFL, <laughs> if there was a title. Um, you know, I, nobody knows what's on that menu. Uh, I, I assume it's like a Denny's kind of deal, but none of us really know if, if there's any uh, patty melts. Could be. Uh, omelets, you know, I assume that's on there somewhere, but 
Uh, nonetheless, uh, moving on, man. DJ Moore. I and mean, this is kind of one where I think he'll be more of a buy high for a lot of people. But I want to. I'm just curious because I don't. And not that any of us can really say his potential for sure, but you know, um, Bear, the Bears are the run heaviest team in the NFL, throwing on only 43.8 percent of their offensive plays last year. Um, I, you know, do you think that's going to be? You know that's going to be a strategy this year for Chicago, or just because now they have DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, well, Cole Komet. Uh, what do you? What, what, I think. Yeah, uh, what's your opinion on DJ Moore? I, I expect there to be an increase in volume uh, with the passing game in, in Chicago. I think uh, some of those running stats that that you mentioned uh, can't necessarily be trusted. A lot of those running plays and a lot of those running yards came on passing designed plays that just turned into Justin Fields taking off with the ball. Um, gotcha. So, so I do think that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's always going to be dangerous that way and he's not going to be discouraged from extending the play like that and taking off with his feet, especially if the defense is respecting this upgraded talent on the perimeter. Um, but I, I also, you know, I've, I've been saying it since he came into the league that this guy is special and that he keeps getting better. And I expect, we'll find out real quick if I'm right or wrong, but I expect them to really focus on, on improving his passing game because there's not much they can do to improve his, his scramble runs. You know, he's just a, just a natural at that. Um, So, uh, so I do see potential there with, with guys like DJ Moore. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just it's kind of an enigma to me because we we don't really know what his ceiling is. I mean, you know he's a good receiver, but he hasn't played with anybody good. Right, right, and that's <laughs> I mean, what I, I do see him know? going towards the end of that first run on uh, big wide receiver talent. You know, you're not you're not going to see him going with uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and yada yada yada. But like, I do think he is going to go. Uh, to like the lower end uh, wide receiver one type of type of draft. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I I would say honestly maybe like at low end two at the low end. You know. Right. Um. I I just it, it, let me ask you about this quote here. Okay. Here's a quote from the article. Right. This is from FantasyPros.com. Um. Really good website. They just have really good. Uh, experts, it's there's no paywall, so it uh, helps us out a lot here on the show. But let me ask you this, right? Here's a quote. I'd be willing to part with a high-volume running back like Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry to get more on my dynasty team. And he says dynasty team, you know, because we assume because he's 26, he's got a lot of potential. He's going to play with fields. and um, But let's take out dynasty for a second, right? Let's just say fantasy because that's got the same syllables and words, <laughs> right? Um, and... If we if we put in fantasy team, if there was a trade, let's say Nick Chubb for DJ Moore, and I don't know who else would be involved, but let's just say that's the case, right? Um, would you trade Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb for DJ Moore? Well, so that that all depends on the state of my dynasty team. You know, if we're in win now mode, <laughs> I'm holding on to Chubb. Yeah, fantasy, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. But you know these dynasty guys, they always have like like oh, you know. 2025 is going to be my year. Or look at what I've got in the pipeline and all this stuff. And, and it, uh, it can get crazy. I, I have a buddy who, you know, they're, they're drafting in their fantasy dynasty leagues, college players that won't be in the NFL for another couple of seasons. Um, so there's no end to, uh, how complicated these, these leagues can get. But, uh, you know, if you're not in win now mode, it's real hard to hold on to a running back that could get you somebody who's going to pay off uh, longevity. You know, we, we, we talk all the time on this podcast about how the game has changed and these really good running backs, their windows are getting tighter and tighter. Um, so Nick Chubb would be worth this season going after a title. But if you're, if you're trying to win your league in a couple of years, Chubb is a huge gamble that he's still going to be elite, let alone, or sorry, still going to be <clears throat> playing, let alone an elite running back. So 
So I could see that trade making a lot of sense. Like you said, you, there'd be some other components to really balance it out. Um, but, uh, man, yeah, I think, yeah, Dynasty really changes everything because it's all about, you know, what the rest of your roster is looking like. But uh, trading someone like Chubb for DJ Moore could make a lot of sense for the right team. <clears throat> Let's go to Tampa Bay, man, because, uh, oh, boy. Well, you know, that's a team you could talk about for a minute. <laughs> Not that you'd want to. I think everything, everything we've seen out of Tampa Bay during the offseason so far has been rough. I think that's putting it kind of kindly. Um, there was a video that leaked not too long ago um, from the Tampa Bay practice with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask throwing like balls over people's heads the whole time. Right. Yeah, not great. Um, but there's one guy there. I mean, we're not talking about Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. I, off the radar, right? Um, and this is interesting. Second year running back. <clears throat> was taken late last year. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was going to have like James White sort of capabilities considering he had Tom Brady as team, but really um, ju- was just a rookie that really needs some time. Um, Rashad White, and that's uh, – um, let me give you a little spiel here. I'm buying Rashad White because he's so undervalued. His rookie season saw him flash his legitimate three-down running back skill set in the Buccaneers offense. Here's the thing. No Leonard Fournette. Decent offensive line. A team that's going to have a hard time throwing the ball. Probably have to run a lot of uh, play-action fakes, maybe some RPOs. Um, just to get some space for these receivers. Uh, averaged 11 fantasy points per game last year, which was top 30, and is now the first, the, the number one running back at uh, in Tampa and potentially could catch 50 balls this year. No, you know? so that that's exactly um, what it is. This is an interesting one. I think he makes a lot yeah. of sense in a PPR league. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, this you nailed it with this team is going to have trouble throwing the ball. They're also going to have to throw the ball a lot. Um, I, I just don't think that they're going to be in a position to to run uh, a lot. But uh, if White can perfect the uh, you know the pick up the blitz and then dip out and and have it dumped down to him three yards in front of the line, uh, you know it's 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 something we see all the time uh, when when the quarterback can't find the open receiver, they just check it down to the running back. Uh, you, you might see him do that three or four times a game. Um, and if he's got good hands, uh, those are big PPR points, not to mention that he'd be the featured uh, back in the run game. Um, so I guess the thing I'm curious, because I don't know, uh, is uh, you know, do, do they put him in on passing downs to, uh, to help you know, play action or block or anything like that? Um, because he needs to be the passing down back uh, to really, I, th- I think that's where his value is going to come from. Because I think a lot of those passing plays are going to be busts, and uh, and if he can squeak out of the scrum there and, and catch the the dump off, then uh, it could be huge. <clears throat> fifty catches, actually. I said he could potentially catch fifty. He already caught fifty last year. <laughs> well, there you go. He's got the so. hands. He's got the hands. Then. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I right. see this guy as, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, uh, yeah. if you go, cause I mean, it's, that's the thing when, especially, you know, I've never done the, the dynasty stuff, but with, with normal fantasy football, it's like, okay, am I going to start out strong and wide receiver? Or am I going to start out strong and running back? And, uh, these days there's just way more like definite surefire options in those elite wide receivers in my opinion so it's a lot easier to start your team out with a first round wide receiver you know get yourself uh a jamar chase and then uh and then by the time you're ready to draft a running back you don't have the nick chubbs and the dalvin cooks and and guys like that available anymore so uh this guy could be a real good uh you know sleeper for lack of a better word I, i think i think I think a lot of people are going to have their eye on him because he did get a lot of attention towards the end of the season last year. Um, but, uh, but no, I see him as a really good, like, like he might be your RB one because your wide receiver core is stacked. You're still in pretty good shape with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I think he'll be not an RB one, <laughs> but I think he'll be like a two or like a flex. Um, and I think that's good enough, you know, considering, 
in a PPR league, he could get you 15 points a game. It's pretty good, you know? Um, I, I don't know where you'd pick him in a draft. Jeez, uh, Luis, I have no idea well, where he's really ranked as far as running backs. Like if you're, if but, you're in a you know, 12-team league, as I often am, um, and you take uh, oh, you know, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, one or two overall, um, you're not picking again until 23rd, 24th overall. Um, so a lot of times there's not a true RB1 left. Um, I'm not saying that this guy should go in the second round. Like at that point, you might even go wide receiver again. I've had drafts like that, wide receiver, wide receiver. And then, you know, the, the running backs are not what's going to carry my team week to week, but there's still decisions to be made. And I think this guy uh, is definitely worth a look. And uh, it's weird the the there could be a real consistency with this guy because he's on a terrible team in a terrible uh, division. So, you know, sometimes those guys turn out to be a real fantasy stud. <clears throat> Amen. Amen, brother. Fantasy studs all around. So we're looking for, man. Gravy. You know, that's what we're looking for. Um, well, you, you mentioned running back by committee earlier, and I don't even know how you would describe Buffalo's situation over the last few years because it's more Josh Allen than it is an actual running back. Right. But, um, you know, we might as well talk about your boy. Well, his brother, James Cook. Dalvin Cook's little brother, playing in Buffalo. Um, and this is interesting to me because he comes on a, like an underrated list. And I don't know, considering like the running back by committee, they added Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. They always got some undrafted guy that makes some noise. They they traded for Naheem Hines last year um, because James Cook just couldn't get it done. And here we are, uh, James Cook. <laughs> Talking about him again, I, I don't... I guess I don't know what the hype is about this. Um, I, what do you think about James Cook and Buffalo? It it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either, the hype. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, usually when you have hype for a running back and it's an unproven thing, it's, it's because we haven't seen them in the NFL yet. Um, you know, there's there's a reason he was drafted much lower than his brother, and there's a reason that he hasn't stood out on that roster because um, they, they really are looking for uh, – it's obvious they are looking for a running back that isn't going to take over the team but can really solidify that backfield and, and, and draw defenders and, and be something that really has to be accounted for. And they haven't found that yet. Um, and I can't think of something that would make me think that this is the year that, that – uh, Sorry, what, what's Dalvin Cook's brother's name again? Sorry. Uh, James Cook. James Cook. Sorry, James. Um, I, I just <laughs> no, don't – I just haven't seen anything. I can't think of anything that would say, like, oh, James Cook, this could be the year. Not even that this is the year, but this could be the year. Um, right. So, so yeah, I just uh, – that's a puzzle to me. Yeah, it's a weird one. I, he landed on the list, and I thought, well, this was actually one that I wouldn't buy – low on <laughs> or take high, I would just kind of let them go. Yeah. Them no, go. If it's That's me, it. <laughs> like, if it's my, <laughs> you know, my situation would be like, if I saw that, I, I saw somebody draft him, I'd be like, okay, you'll get to be the one who finds out. Uh, Cause it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's the right like logic behind this one. Cause it's just like, it is what it is <laughs> with James Cook. Like it's obvious it's running back by committee and, Josh Allen gets all the meaningful carries because he gets the space on the RPOs. He's just kind of going to be there. So unless he does something, um, great. I just don't see it. So let's talk about a guy. I don't remember our discussion on DeAndre Swift, but I'm going to imagine that you and I were a little bullish on him going to Philly just because I, mean, I think we both like the trade in terms of the, um, the value. But I I don't know why he's higher up on these, on these lists because – Here's three guys he's going to share, uh, four he's going to share um, uh, carries with, which is Rashad Penny, who's coming off. Well, he, he looks great when he's healthy. We'll see how he is at Philly. Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Hurts, and Boston, right? Yeah, Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Yeah. Right. Um, um, 
and then there's and then there's DeAndre Swift. It's kind of like and then there's there's Mod, right? Like that show that nobody knows. But um, <laughs> and then there's Mod, no, right? My, like uh, there he is. He's just, my gut was like if I was gonna pick. So this is the way I see the the Philadelphia backfield. Um, it's worth grabbing one of these guys as like your number three overall running back or even deeper if, if you go that way. Um, because, uh, because one of them could emerge as the red zone, reliable, you know, touchdown dependent type of type of guy that that can be someone that you put in your flex or, you know, rotate in on bye weeks things like that. Um, or even turn into the guy, you know, these running back by committee teams don't always stay that way. But but that's the most I could say about any of them. And for my money, I'm going Boston Scott. Uh, that's just what my gut tells me. I don't, I don't think he is the standout in that group. Uh, it very well could be Swift, you know. Um, and, I, and I think uh, you'd have almost, you know, I, I, I go with Boston Scott because that's, that's just what my gut's telling me. But uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, logically makes just as much sense. You know, get him on your bench. And then could turn out to be a great, you know, lighter round draft pick. Um, but the truth is, is that that team, the Philadelphia Eagles, man, um, they're they're extremely well balanced. But even so, it's Jalen Hurts and the passing game. Because uh, I, I think, you know, Jalen Hurts really is their best red zone running back, um, and he's probably the best running back on that team is Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, he, he didn't put up the, the, the super duper games that, that Justin Fields managed to pull off. Um, but that's sort of because he's on a better team than Justin Fields is on. Um, but the, well, the point I'm trying to get to is that, that, that offense has so much, uh, confidence in their quarterback, uh, on the ground and through the air. And he's got so many great options especially when that team is healthy with Dallas Goddard, uh, AJ Brown, um, the kid from Alabama who I can't think of, uh, is going into his third year. So Devonte Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Devonte <clears throat> Smith. Thank you. Um, mm. so, mm. so I have measured expectations of the role that a single, uh, Philadelphia running back is going to take. Now last season I did pretty well. And Boston Scott was a part of that um, on a team that was not, you know, my running backs were not the strength of my team last year. It was, it was uh, having amazing wide receivers and a, and a lockdown tight end. Um, so, so it, it depends on how it fits your team. You, you've got to have realistic expectations because I, I do think that even if it's less running back by committee and one of these guys does stand out, it's going to be on a team that, although balanced, you know, doesn't rely on the running back as much. Um, I think there is good uh, PPR upside for any running back on that team. Uh, Philadelphia, the O-line is great, and there's so many threats that it stretches the defense out. And Jalen Hurts, man, he's just really – he's really proven all the doubters wrong. He, he knows how to read the defense, find the open guy, or find the open patch of grass and take off. Um, so yeah, I, I think that these, you know, guys like, uh, Swift and, uh, Scott, you know, they're, they're worth having on your bench to start the season. Um, but they're not going to be, uh, you know, if they're your starting running back, you better be counting on your wide receivers to carry your offense. So, yeah, um, everything you said was correct. (laughs) <laughs> I don't have anything else to add. I just I have I no notes. Why so I have high, I think. <laughs> well, it's it's like yeah, right. Just shooting from the hip. Um, I think people get. I think people think DeAndre Swift has a really high ceiling, and they have, he has a lot more potential than he actually has. And I'm guilty of that. You know, um, you know he can catch the ball well. He's just I don't know what kind of. When he got in space, I I don't think he was better than Jamal Williams last year, you know? Right. Um, and Jamal Williams got paid. And DeAndre Swift got replaced. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know what that says. <laughs> um, 
I just wouldn't draft him very high. And I wouldn't go into that thinking that you're getting like a steal. Just would see if he's going to be a free agent. Or you can get him later in, in the rounds. I, I, would, I just would be careful. Um, this is an interesting one. I tend to believe that he's pretty overrated. <laughs> and I, and I, I know I'm going to get to it in a second. I won't tell you his name immediately. But I think this is a guy... Um, and I, I almost am curious if this is like the DJ Moore effect too, but I think we all think DJ Moore is pretty electric. I wonder, um, how much it is just like, he's the only good receiver in that offense and he looks better than he actually is, but we'll, we'll find out this year. We'll find out this year for sure. And I wonder if this is the case with Michael Pittman Jr. To be honest with you, um, played with Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, um, a cavalcade of other Colts quarterbacks that have been in and out. <laughs> and now an has Anthony Richard, right? And now it has Anthony Richardson here. And what we presume is going to be a heavy RPO run type offense. Um, I don't, I just don't see it. I don't see it with Michael Pittman. Uh, 9.3 yards per catch last year. I, I, I think he's pretty slow as far as his breaks are concerned and running routes. And it wouldn't surprise me, man, if, you know, we just kind of get the same Michael Pittman we got last year, this year. So, uh, but he apparently is very high on a lot of rankings. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't see it. I'm not all in on him either. Um, yeah. And uh, and that's something that I try to. So I, I definitely can, especially in the moment on draft day. Um, you know, you get you get to those later picks, and I'm looking for guys on good teams. You know. Um, cause I see them with the most upside and that's not always the case. Um, but there's, yeah, there's not a lot. Uh, I haven't seen enough from Pittman to say like, Oh, he can, he can put up the numbers regardless. Um, he doesn't strike me as that kind of player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, um, yeah, he, he, I think he's athletic. I just, I think he like plays the outside on on the sideline really well. I just don't know what else he does. He, he's not fast. Uh, like I said, I don't think he comes out of his, out of his, um, I don't think he gets a lot of separation. And as a wide receiver, that's not good. You know? So, um, I think he's, did he look in the draft? I think people pick him really high. I think he's been picked really high the last like two years. Uh, he just hasn't, I think we've all been just been waiting for him to break out. I just don't think that's in his, that, well, he's that and, kind of receiver. And you mentioned uh, so. the quarterbacks. I think that was a, a bit to do with it. Was like, oh, you know, yeah. it's going to be Matt Ryan, yeah. and he's he's going to he's going to have a resurgence, and Pittman's going to be his guy, and it didn't happen. Right. Um, so uh, there's really, it's kind of interesting that he's still being, you know, projected to draft high, even though there's not an exciting uh, new guy under center. So. Yeah, um, this is an interesting one. We already mentioned DeAndre Swift. This this is kind of a different idea. We're going to players on new teams to target or avoid, but I want to throw this guy in the mix of what you've already been talking about because it's, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really know what Miles Sanders is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he played pretty well last year. I think we all thought that. He didn't play well in the playoffs, right? I mean... I don't know if we know what we got. He wasn't good down the stretch. So, right. Well, he still ran for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Now he goes to Carolina. Um, they got a good good offensive line. You know, they got uh, was uh, the big guy there. Um, boy, I can't remember his name from NC State. He's going to play left tackle. Um, oh, boy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> they have a couple other pieces that are really good on the offensive line. Um, and. But he's gonna he's gonna play with Chuba Hubbard and this guy named Raheem Blackshear. Blackshear, I don't know who that is, but he's I assume he's just a running back, and you can make any running back nowadays. Um, so I, but here's the other thing: they're good offensive line, gonna be run first with uh, the quarterback there from Alabama. Why can't I remember names now? Jeez, <laughs> Louise, Bryce Young. There we go, and he gets Deuce Staley at at running backs coach, Frank Reich at. Head coach and Josh McCown at offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach. I think I'm not really sure what he's going to be playing there, but a lot of familiarity from the Eagles' offensive scheme and a lot of familiarity familiarity with the player. And 
Um, yeah, it, I, I don't I don't know what to make of Miles Sanders. I don't know if he's worth drafting high or low. Or uh, I just always see running back by committee, and I can't help but wonder. Uh, well, this isn't the Philadelphia Eagles situation, so how good is this going to be for him? Right. You know, but people got him ranked as high as tenth. So let's running back. let's go through this a few you know one by one a few aspects. First of all, let's come back to the longevity thing. Um, I don't think that uh, my view of of uh, longevity with with running backs is a big knock against Miles Sanders uh, because even with a thirteen hundred yard season, uh, I don't think he was ever leaned on uh, uh, for a whole season, and he's never had a not that I can remember. Uh, you know, a, a season-ending injury. Um, so he's proven to be durable. Um, he's on this, you know, this team that that should favor him with the coaches, um, but also a first-year uh, rookie quarterback. Um, that bodes well for the uh, for the RB one on that team. You know, they're they're going to run a lot. Uh, the quarterback's going to be told to to check down to the running back when it when when the play that he wants isn't there. So I, I think he's got a couple of things going for him. I don't think he's an obvious. I mean, ten. I don't think I could take him at ten. Um, I mean, when you say ten, you're talking tenth overall running back. Tenth overall. Tenth overall. Tenth overall in the draft. Tenth, o- tenth overall running back. Tenth overall running back. Like okay. Tenth. 10th best running back. 10th best yeah, which running I back. I think it's still too high. It's still a little too high for yeah. me. Um, yeah. But uh, but him being in the RB2 conversation, somewhere in the, like, you know, 13th to 24th highest running back, absolutely. I, I see that as a, as a very uh, – that's not the same gamble as taking him as an RB1. I think that's too much. And when I – so when I'm saying RB1, I'm talking about the 12 best – uh, I realize that there are 32 RB1s in the league. Um, but when it comes to fantasy, if you've got more than 12 teams, good grief. Um, that That's just a whole other level of, of going into the, uh, you know, the bottom rounds you're drafting guys I've never heard of. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think having him in the RB2 conversation is, is totally legit. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I I agree. I just tenth best. I mean, you got to figure that's that's a starter in a twelve team league, even a ten team league. Right, he's gonna start. He's RB one, and that's too high for me. Um, however, um, people are saying, you know, this reading just reading a lot about him this week. I mean, they're comparing him to Deontay Foreman, rushed for over one hundred ten yards in half of his last ten games. This is for Carolina last year. As opposed to Christian McCaffrey struggling. Um, they think there's going to be an expanded role for him as a receiver at offense. Right. Which, you know, I mean, we figure it's going to be Bryce Young. They're going to have to play from behind a lot. Are they going to want to throw a lot Right, Bryce Young? Right, And that's – I love all this speculation because the other thing that makes yeah. this uh, a situation that could go a lot of different directions, it's the same with uh, the other running back we were talking about uh, with Tampa Bay, and that's that it's a division that is so completely up for grabs. Um, so, you know, one little piece goes the right way and all of a sudden, uh, you've got a team that, that's supposed to be playing from behind a lot that, that isn't when it's playing division opponents. And then all of a sudden this running back gets to carry the rock, you know, 25 times Mm -hmm. in a game. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I love this time of year because there's so many good questions and, uh, and I love pretending I have the answers, (laughs) But uh, mm-hmm. but mostly I'm excited. I'm excited to find out. God, I love it. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, that's we're just gonna keep like rolling the dice here for the next like month, so or two. So get ready for it. It's gonna be a lot of dice rolling. <laughs> um, this is this is an interesting one to me, um, only because it hits home for New England fans. But uh, I don't know about Mike Gesicki. But look, but listen to this. Right, seventy-three catches, eight hundred yards, twenty twenty-one. Mike McDaniel becomes the head coach. He goes to 32 for 362 yards, five touchdowns. Signs like a one-year, $3 million deal. To play in New England with Bill O'Brien, who coached him in Penn State when he was really good. Um, they're going to run a two-tight end offense. That's what they do. 
and he's one of the he's going to be featured. I mean, we assume he's not going to block, which he doesn't have to. I don't think him or um, Hunter Henry are really good blockers, but uh, I think he'll be a nice decoy. He could be a guy in the, like H back in the backfield. Um, he'll definitely run some routes. He'll be a big body in the end zone. I Mike Gusecki is kind of interesting to me, and I don't know where you'd want to rank him in like a tight end conversation just because he's going to split catches with Hunter Henry. Right. But look, if I I, I kind of don't know what to think about him, and um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with Mike Gusecki. But I I think it's he's a guy you can keep an eye on, maybe stash on your no, roster and and just I just in case. And I think that's a a great guy to bring up because. Uh, I mean, one thing has not changed this year in the NFL, and that's that there are not enough uh, premium tight ends, reliable tight ends, fantasy-wise. Um, so, yeah, Gusecki, um, man, uh, you know, the Dolphins were real excited about him going into last season because of what he did two seasons ago. Um, and then it just wasn't there last year. And... It's not a total surprise when you look at at who the Dolphins are. Uh, they're so loaded through the air, um, and there's just so many good options. So, um, yeah, getting him on a new team, Gusecki, getting him to a, to a new situation where they're not, you know, they don't have the cheetah and and three other guys that can that can burn you down the sideline. Um, not not knocking the Patriots, but uh, I I could see his role really grow this year compared to last year, and if he finds a rhythm, a connection uh, with Mac Jones, is it still Mac Jones? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, huh. yeah. Um, you know, if if they develop a rapport, especially down there in the red zone, um, you could see a real resurgence from Gusecki, and and I think that. Uh, I think Gusecki is a player that the league really likes. Like, I, I know, speaking for myself, and not at all a Patriots fan, like I would love to see Gusecki bounce back and uh, be fantasy relevant. And uh, you know, he's he's. I don't expect him to jump into that upper echelon of uh, Mark Andrews, you know, Kittle, Goddard, all these guys, Kelsey. Um, but he could definitely. I could see him being in that that tier right below those guys. And, uh, and those, those, you know, sometimes those guys are really important to your fantasy team because there's not enough of that top tier to go around. There just isn't. So, um, yeah, Gusecki's definitely one to keep an eye on. And, uh, if you're one of those guys that's already putting together your dream draft and it doesn't include, uh, being first in on a run on tight ends, uh, this is a guy you probably want to keep an eye on through training camp and, and listen to the the news blurbs um, because there's there's definitely potential there. You know he's great athlete, great hands. Um, so, like I said, if he if he gets a a real connection with Mac Jones uh, on you know clutch downs and you know you know third and ten, uh, you know third and goal type situations, um, yeah, he, he could really pay off. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, going to be a red zone target, man. And having him and Hunter Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster in the slot. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Reminder, Stevenson out of the backfield, you know, something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, there's some potential to Patriots offense. I think most people in New England, myself included, are just extremely worried. <laughs> I, they, they can be really bad. They're arguably the worst team in the AFC East. And I hate to go on this train again because we're not talking about, talking about fantasy football. And we all know I've gone down this road before. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, this is an interesting one that kind of flew under the radar. But fantasy relevant, I think so. Um, Calvin Ridley is in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Um, didn't, you know, something I had to remember. I said, what, when, did he, when did he get traded? He got traded at the, the, the deadline last year. Kind of under the, underneath a lot of these other trades that happens. Um, and all of a sudden... Trevor Lawrence has a wide receiver one. Right. Well, and, you know? and Calvin Ridley, like, like it, again, it's, it's, I can speculate all night, but uh, I'm very excited to see what kind of, you know, 
Well, it's a comeback. Uh, whether it's a good one or a bad one, this is a comeback. He he had to sit out for a season um, for some you know bad decisions uh, with with uh, sports betting and blah blah blah. And uh, he's not going to do it anymore. Um, but uh, you know, is he the kind of guy that just wants to? You know, he's just going to come back and do the best he can, or is this is this going to be the best Calvin Ridley we've seen yet? Uh, in terms of his dedication, motivation, and just overall drive to uh, to get back to where he was, you know, he was two years ago. He was a big name in the league, and uh, and then by the time he got traded, it, it went under the radar, like you said. Um, and and man, uh, depending on what kind of jabronis you're in a fantasy league with, uh, he could fall to you just because people aren't looking for him. Um, yeah, I, and gosh, the the Jaguars. Uh, that that's something that that I don't think gets enough coverage. The way they just all of a sudden are a playoff team, and and you know Trevor Lawrence is is just playing great great football the way we always knew he could. Um, so yeah, yeah. Gosh, Calvin Calvin Ridley could be a you know he's not he's not the guarantee that some of the other wide receivers I've mentioned are right now. Because uh, a new player, or sorry, new team after a year off, but wow, is the potential definitely there? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I, I agree with all that. I'm just, um, I saw him on the list and I thought, wow, they're going to add Kevin Ridley with Christian Kirk, um, geez, Louise, uh, Marvin Jones, right? Yep. Yep. Um, n- uh yeah yep <laughs> Travis Etienne and they had a guy what was it Jamal Agnew I liked Agnew a lot and like Trevor Lawrence was really good last year didn't really have a wide receiver one Kirk played really well now he does and Kirk can play in the slot yeah um this opens up fantasy potential for Kirk too man I I think I don't know where Trevor Lawrence is ranked he has to be up there now okay QB five. Which makes sense, because he's definitely going to make another jump. Um, he threw 25 touchdowns. He'll probably throw 30 this year, just with Ridley alone. And like you said, people either will be skeptical of him because he hasn't played in a year, or they'll just, I don't know, bias will take over, and he'll slip down a, uh, down a draft position, and you'll end up with a, arguably a, a wide receiver one, which we'll speculate may have potential to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Absolutely, so. yeah. Um, pretty crazy. And you know, it's, it's weird too. Uh, the way, uh, cause the way he played for, I'm, I'm drawing such a blank now. Did he play for the Bengals or the Falcons? He played for the Falcons, right? Falcons. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought. Um, the way it's all gone, this, the, you know, getting traded. I mean, maybe he didn't need to be suspended for a year to get this trade, but being traded to the Jags now, the way those two teams are both headed, this could turn out to be just a really, really great mistake that uh, that he made <laughs> to, to end up on this team. Yeah. Um, because the, the Jaguars are going places. I, I can't say the same thing about the Falcons right now. But, uh, you know, the, the Falcons are, are trying to move on from Matt. You know, they're still trying to find Matt Ryan's replacement, in my opinion. Um, they haven't answered that question yet, and now he's on a team with, with uh, you know a, a young, great you know potentially great quarterback. Um, the expectations are certainly that he will be great. Um, so yeah, wow, Calvin Ridley's situation is is uh, is interesting and and pretty exciting right now. Yeah, it's wild. I, you know, you kind of forget because he didn't play last year. He got traded, and he just pops up on a fantasy radar and you're like wait what <laughs> like oh i guess he's back um let's well let's see what happens okay uh we don't have too much time but i want to get into some potential busts because i think there's uh, a possibility of some of these to to bust um well I, I don't know if we would consider this guy a bust but you have to consider the mileage he's kind of endured and his history of injuries and just the, the 49ers style um 
Christian McCaffrey, man. I I like want to trust him because of how he plays, and when he does play, he's really really good, you know. Mm-hmm. But the other part of me is like, what? Like you have so much fantasy potential, but I can't trust you to stay healthy, and I never know what you're gonna do. You know, he's uh, the number one running back in fantasy, but that even that carries even more possibility of bust because if he's not number one, he's number ten, then I'm I'm upset, <laughs> you know. So, right. I, I'm not sure how to figure out Christian McCaffrey, but I, I think there's bust potential. Well, I I, so. I totally see where you're coming from, and, and every year we see at least one and up to three, you know, top five fantasy running backs drafted end up, their season ends up in the basement uh, due to injury. Um, so, so, yeah, you're, I mean, when you, when you draft – one of these running backs in the in the first round it's it's a it's a gamble and and who it could be you know i I, i've had real success drafting guys like nick chubb he seems to be pretty reliable but you never know when a running back's number is going to get called uh with that with that injury so yeah the uh the 49ers with christian mccaffrey uh, you you know it, it can look like the sky's the limit for for someone like Christian McCaffrey, you know, but uh, but yeah, there is the potential that that he he just. I guess what I'm trying, so the the Forty ers they've been the team that we know them to be now for a while now, and these things don't they just don't last that long, so. I'm a little hesitant on just how, and I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I've already said that I think that it'll be 49ers Eagles again in the, uh, in the NFC championship game, but I'm more confident that the Eagles will be there than the Niners. Um, it just, they've, the, the 49ers have been on the, on the championship bubble for so long now that it feels like this could be the year that something happens and they, they fall off, and that that could definitely do it. Uh, you know, a big injury to a guy like Christian McCaffrey, and all of a sudden they they just don't have the pieces in place. Um, I know they've got a monster defense; everyone always talks about it. But as I've said, uh, as I know, the the defenses do not last as long as these good offenses do. Um, and I can't point to anything specific, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I I'm a little hesitant right now, uh, not just on uh, 49ers fantasy value, but even betting on the 49ers. I'm a little little skeptical. Uh, but we'll we'll see we'll see how they look in September. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I mean, it's just a guy that you have to wonder. And number one overall pick, I I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, I guess that's why we're just speculating. <laughs> mm-hmm. No expectations, right? But at the end of the day, it's um, just a guy that's kind of been up and down in a lot of ways in terms of his health and his productivity, his, his production. And, and people always pick him top five. And you, so you, I, you see him going number one overall right now. Boomer bust. That's what he's at. Yeah. See, I I don't if if it's me, I'm not I'm not taking. If I have number one overall, I'm flipping a coin between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. That that's the way I see it right now. Um, and I know that sounds pretty, pretty basic, pretty safe. There's nothing, that's not a hot take. Um, but it's that way for a reason. These guys, uh, the, the, these teams really flow through these guys on offense. They're, they're undeniably good at what they do. And, and most weekends, there's just no stopping those guys. Um, and, uh, and they don't. They don't. Ex- I'm not saying that it's a cush position, but their bodies just don't go through the same amount of damage every week that a running back does. Um, so for me, the way the league is right now, I'm going wide receiver number one overall pick. There's too many good ones not to, and they're just safer than a guy like Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. So, Yeah, let's do one more, um, and then we'll call it the 
Well, this is interesting. Um, it's a guy I think we both love as a pick, and he definitely love the player. He's a Tucson native, by the way. So, of course, I'm a fan of him. But uh, B. John Robinson, man, in Atlanta. Um, a potential bust. Here is the reason why. He's ranked second on the board out of all players. Oh, wow. As a rookie. And I think that expectation is already way too high. Here's number two. I'm not saying he's not talented, but there's two guys on the team that are pretty damn good who still run the ball, right, who are going to get kind of running back by committee stuff until he's ready to go. And that's Tyler Algier, who ran for over 1,000 yards last year, had the highest broken tackle percentage and yards after contact in the NFL. Um, And your boy, Mr. Swiss Army Knife himself, Cordero Patterson. Still on the Atlanta Falcons, who can be used in the backfield. Yeah. He's going to swallow up those receptions. So I, I so what, why? And look, Bijan Robinson's really good, but why is he so high? Knowing that, like, right. you'd be a fool not to let Tyler Algier play, and you have to get Cordell Patterson on the field too. Exactly. Well, you know, and, like, and you'd be fools to I, try and like use this kid up in his rookie season. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm worried that the volume won't be there. Um, side yeah, side too. note, I'm, I, as always, I'm pulling for a a, a Patterson uh, kick return for a touchdown. I just want to see him <laughs> extend that record Every more and more. I, uh, what a what a Every great year. player to watch. Um, but yeah, I, I take your point very well. And and man, you know some of some of our listeners, you know, it, it could it could even happen to to me. Uh, somebody in in if somebody in my fantasy league auto drafts Robinson second overall I'm going to be laughing at him and I'm going to be a little jealous because I'll be hoping that I get him in a later round you know Um, because I do think he's worth drafting he's just not worth drafting number two overall that's crazy that's crazy it's wild man I I don't even know what to say (laughs) Um, I, I was surprised to see when I was looking at the rankings today to see um, him at number two, um, uh, yeah, I don't. I, he's going to be a great player, but I think you hit the nail on the head. More importantly, is that why would they just run him into the ground in his first year? Right. You know, um, they're not going to do that. Well, he's not going to get three hundred plus carries. You know, Atlanta. He's not going to. Atlanta looked better than I thought they would at, at points in the season last year, and it was definitely due to to sound fundamental football. And a uh, a heavy run uh, offense, just running the ball, um, but uh, but they're still not a standout in what's one of the worst divisions in football, maybe the worst. And uh, the truth is, you're just not going to get a lot. You know, when when they, you know, I I think that this is a team that's going to run the ball even when they're behind. So that's good for Robinson. Um, but uh, you know, it comes to that garbage time, and they're you know they're going to start passing the ball more in the fourth quarter to try and get back in these games. And it, I just don't see, I don't see a lot of volume for any one running back on this team, uh, mostly because they drafted Robinson. Um, it kind of kind of knocks the whole group down, in my opinion, in fantasy rankings. Uh, even though as a group they got stronger, you, you just can't start the group. You have to pick one. And, uh, you know, I just I think that uh, he's not going to get a lot of, you know, end of the game, uh, you know, red zone type of type of opportunities. Uh, so, yeah, I would I mean, I I think I'd scoop him up. I think he's going to uh, very possibly be uh the standout in that group by the end of the season uh but on the whole i'm i'm yeah so yeah he could even be a good rb2 i'm not telling you that he's not worth drafting and he's not worth drafting in the uh you know upper rounds just number two overall that's crazy that's crazy (laughs) it's just wild yeah i could see him like top 10 Sure. Yeah. I just think Tyler Algier, I mean, he was literally one of the most productive running backs in the NFL last season. Just a pure workhorse. Seems like he got better every time he touched the ball, you know. Um, 
And Bijan Robinson is great, man. I'd love to have him on the field at the same time. And I don't know if that's what they'll do. If they'll scheme Cornell Patterson, have all three of them. I mean, that's I don't I don't I mean, know that, how that, that, that could works, that could be so, a really fun but, offense. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I'll be excited to see yeah. if they put all three of them on the field. That that's uh, it's kind of like uh, it's almost like whack a mole. Like you know they're gonna run it, but with who and where? You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe they do. Maybe they do that. But they also got Drake London. They have Kyle Pitts. Yep. You know, they had Scotty Miller, like Desmond Ritter's the quarterback. I I don't know if it's just going to be like a lot of RPO with like fake, 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 fake. <laughs> Who gets the ball? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Atlanta kind of, they're like the low-key, under, under the radar, most interesting team to me. No, no, I, I completely agree because I don't, I don't expect, yeah. I'm not predicting a Falcons playoff run or something, but man, are they fun to watch. And uh, and I don't mind saying that Cordell Patterson is is the reason that I love watching that team, or the the main reason. Um, he's always been fun to watch, and he really is one of those running backs that that kind of you know flies in the face of everything I say about the longevity of running backs. Guys like him and Latavius Murray and and Jarek McKinnon, um, who are you know still pretty darn good, but it's because they've never been, like I said, they've never been leaned on by a team for a whole season. Uh, they all have uh, through different different spurts of a season, but never for a whole season, never back-to-back seasons. And here they are still doing it. And, and Cordell Patterson, I don't know if I've ever seen his type of breakaway speed in a, a player his size. He's not slight. He's not short. He's not small, and yet somehow he gets in open space, and he's just like lightning. Um, so uh, it, it's it's a shame they could never, you know, it's a shame he couldn't play like a, a Julio Jones style wide receiver. He's just not a route runner. Um, but man, you get him in open space, he breaks one tackle. That could be the end. You know, he could be that, that's a touchdown. So um, yeah, oh yeah, I. I yeah, I love talking this fantasy stuff because it gets me. It pulls me back to all these uh, trades and and draft developments. Because yeah, Behan Robinson, he is going to be fun to watch um, mm-hmm. on that team. Uh, but uh, number two overall is a little too expensive for me. Uh, number two yeah. overall, I'm still going wide receiver. That's that's my two cents. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I, I, there's not a lot of teams where, well, and there's there's some, but I mean, there's in Atlanta's case, there's not a lot of teams where you got high end young talent, tight end Kyle Pitts, Drake London a receiver, Bijan Robinson at running back, Tyler Algiers your backup. I know their quarterback situation is what it is. We don't know who Dennis Ritter is or not, or I think most of us don't think he'll be much. But you're in a wide open NFC South. Yep, you're going to be kind of fun on offense. I mean, Arthur Smith's a good play caller. Uh, like I said, they got a decent offensive line. I, I think it's going to be a fun team to watch, personally. You know, they might not play a lot of defense. <laughs> I mean, A.J. Terrell's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. You know, you got um, Bud Dupree, you got uh, Clayus Campbell, David Onimeta, Grady Jarrett. I mean, they got good pieces. I, I, You know, Jesse Bates at safety, Jeff Okuda. I mean, I... I don't know, no, man. And, and they said no deep playoff run. I, no, I'm not so, saying they're going to make a deep playoff run, but they could win 10 games. They could. It could be and a they, fun team. They could definitely. I don't think I'd be that surprised right now yeah. if any of the NFC South teams turned out to be the dominant team in that division. I think they all have their you know, their reasons that the, it might be them. Um, I just, right now... <laughs> You know, somebody's got to go to the playoffs from the NFC South. It could be Atlanta. Uh, but whoever it is, I, I don't see them getting past the divisional round. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> so, anyway, that's – well, it's not fantasy-relevant conversation. But we're just saying it could be fun. Maybe if that is the case, fantasy-wise, like, it might be worth getting a couple of these guys and seeing who's the starting running back, who's not, and – you're gonna have if you pick B. John Robinson hypothetically, you're gonna get Tyler Argier to kind of spell him, you know, just to see what happens. So, I, yeah, it's just an interesting team. It's not a team I thought I'd talk a lot about, but here I am, kind of like, oh wait a minute, this could kind of be fun, you know, 
Like Kyle Pitts could come back here. Drake London second year. He's really young. I'm, yeah, man, I'm in, I'm excited to see what happens with Atlanta. So, anywho, well, that's uh, that's our episode this week, folks. And we'll continue our fantasy football talk moving forward. And if you didn't know, now you know. It's 4th of July coming up this, well, next week or so, man. And, um, well, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time outside, preferably and probably around Bluetooth speakers. And ah. most of your phones have an ability to connect to Bluetooth speaker either simultaneously, on accident, or on purpose. And uh, I'm just saying, look, we've all heard uh, Born on the Fourth of July by CCR. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Uh, look, I've heard uh, Can't See the Rain. I've heard, you know, Smoke Another Joint by Tom Petty. Certainly I've heard Stay Away to Heaven. And this is where all these classic rock songs come out to live once again. But let me ask you this. How often do you hear anything from 2023 worth hearing? Well... I just answered your question <laughs> with this podcast. So, uh, you know, over and over and over again, this is 90 episodes. There's uh, bound to be 100, hopefully, knock on wood. And you'd be a fool to think that your family and yourself wouldn't want to listen to it on a Bluetooth speaker on repeat for several hours. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, which is why I'm asking, if you could, subscribe, like, leave a comment, and everything else in any podcast realm where you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify or any, I don't know where the hell most of these podcasts go, but nonetheless, we'll always be here to kick back this knowledge and get you prepared to whisk some gravy pour it all over your wonderful plate of amazing fantasy picks. That's so, right. yeah. Yeah. And Hi, Trevor, do you, go ahead. Hijack that yeah. Bluetooth speaker, turn it up to 11, and, and, there it is. and set the podcast loose. Your friends and family will thank <laughs> you for it. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, and, you know, hopefully your speaker does go to 11. Mine only goes to 10. <laughs> so if you know what reference that's from, uh, I'll let you play with that one a little bit. But until next time, until next week, pops, hopefully, we're out.